Hello everyone and welcome to the In The Saddle podcast where in this week's episode we are going to be previewing the 2000 and 1000 guineas at Newmarket, the first classics of the 2021 flat season and we'll be giving our thoughts and feelings on some of the other races on the card as well. I'm joined this week by usual suspects Paul Callahan and Mark Horosky. Paul, how's it going? Haven't seen you since yesterday when we were recording yes. our interview with Nathan Horrocks. Yeah, well thankfully I was going consistently well thankfully uh really enjoyed talking to Nate and it was great to, to catch up um see it's getting a bit of action on, on the social media channels so yeah and anyone listening if you haven't listened to it check out the our twitter page see the saddle podcast twitter page and, and check out that interview it's really i think there's a bit for everyone isn't there in there yeah very definitely um it, lots of different topics and it was really interesting hearing how i for me like how he stepped out of the saddle and then he was able to find uh, another passion and kind of in the end combine racing with with film that was really interesting and he was definitely a great talker uh mark how are you doing haven't seen you since last week's episode i um i'm well um and also just alluding back to the episode uh, 78 with nathan oryx had a little listen today uh, while i was working away um, I thought it was a really good listen. I thought Nathan came across really well. Um, I liked the the little little plug from Mark Johnson as well with the always trying. Uh, but yeah, I would certainly not put anyone off uh, listening to to that episode. Um, and obviously looking forward to this weekend racing. Obviously, Betfair sponsoring a lot of top races here. Um, and I think that I think there's definitely going to be a difference in opinion this weekend with a lot of short price favourites. But yeah, let's hope we can get a couple of winners for for the listeners. Yeah, definitely. I think I think there's definitely some value to be had this weekend, and fingers crossed uh, we can point uh, the punters in the right direction. So let's get stuck into it then. The first race we're going to be previewing is the 225, the Betfair Palace House Stakes. It's a group three over five furlongs. Comes to pool on uh, this one. Do we like the favourite Lazuli here for Godolphin? Obviously got a progressive profile, but there's plenty of others I thought that made appeal. Yeah, I'm going to take the favourite on with the Charles Hill trained Garrist partnered with James Doyle, who's second in a handicap at, at Newbury Behinds, came from the to dark. Only next separated the pair. Conditions on Saturday will favour Garris to reverse that form. You know, the, he was only headed near the finish. There's not a huge amount of mileage on the clock, so I think Garris can can give it a good rattle. It's a trappy, trappy little race, this. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, he's definitely drawn in the right part of the track, I thought. You, you want to be down that stand side. Uh, if you can, it's always a, an advantage when the stalls I find are on the stand side. Garris was definitely one I had on my shortlist, and I quite liked Arecibo as well. But it's hard to know if he's going to put in that performance again after a disappointing many times in his career in some of those big handicaps. But he, he certainly looked impressive last time out. How about you, Mark? Are you siding with the favourite, or are you going against him? It's actually um, also for the Betfair Palace House Stakes Group 3. I agree with uh, Paul Callahan here. Um, I did like Garris's run last time out. Um, I mean, came from the dark. Who won that race it was fifteen days ago. I mean, for me, actually got the run of the race. I mean, Garris and um, the Kings Lang, uh, Ophie Murphy was on board. I mean, they were at it from the front straight away, and he just just got there on the line. Um, came from the dark. Is actually um, four pound worse off of the weights this time as well. I mean, this is a Big step up in class from the runs at Newbury. The Scottish Spring Cup for me um, on these terms uh, from came from the dark. I mean, this one really needs a fast pace early. Um, 
I mean, I'm happy to take this one on the place market. He's currently five to one in the win market at the moment. I think this is a, a three and four place lay. Um, I think you get this one out of the three around 1.9 um, and maybe take a chance on the four place market around 1.55. I just think the, the race needs to really drop for this one. And I think this is a step up in class. And I think Gareth will, will um, I think this one over. I think this one's probably the one to be, but I'm happy to take on Kane from the dark. Um, if you could get them to in a match bet, you'd be all over Gareth on these terms as well. Yeah, definitely. I think Gareth is going to have a big say. Used to be trained by Jeremy Nasida and showed some uh, good ability when he was with him. And since he's joined Charlie Hills, it just looks like he's been a bit of a slow burner, but he's definitely uh, coming to, to hand now. And Well, listen, moving to uh, moving from Jeremy Nasida to Charles Howard, you would be expecting uh, improvement, wouldn't you? Let's be yeah. honest. Yeah, definitely. Um, and because Batash is um, sidelined, I'm not sure he's going to make Royal Ascot. There's definitely the opportunity to, for at least one of the British sprinters anyway, to stamp their authority and maybe um, take take his place. Obviously, got glass slippers in there for Kevin Ryan and John Quinn's got some nice fillies, but there is a gap in the market for maybe one to come through and who knows, maybe we'll see them. Here, we then uh, move on to the three o'clock, the Betfair Exchange Jockey Club Stakes. A group two over a mile and a half. Even though there's only five runners, I think this is quite an exciting little race and interesting um, potential on offer with some of these. Uh, Mark, come to you here first. Uh, we're going to see the return of Pile Driver. Do you like him or were you willing to take him on? I was quite keen on on Pile Driver. Um, I think he, I think he's a bit of value right now. He's a bit of fighter to it there. Um, I just think this is a straight-up match bet between uh, Pile Driver and Sir, Sir Ron Presley. Obviously, that one ran, I think it was Ocean Wind, uh, be that one last time out. But uh, I know William Haggis's Isles are a clan. Um, it's around 11 or 4 in the mark. It's only ever ran on the all-weather. Um, I actually laid this one uh, when I done the recent post live about two, three weeks ago. We'd actually hacked up. It was an egg and, egg and spoon race. I mean, this is a big step up in class. Uh, Pile Driver, top rated here as well. Um, and this is the easiest task he's faced since the uh, the second to Berlin Tango at Kempton on the 3rd of June in the Unibet Classic Trial Stake. I mean, if you're looking for the form, Pile Driver, I mean, won the King Ever Sound Stake Group 2, won the Skybet Group Walter Stake Group 2, should have won the Pretemps and Ledger Stakes Group 1, but Swerve and Vermin left in the final furlong. Um, Alza O'Connor, so I alluded to this, won an egg and spoon race last time at Kempton, still has to prove it on turf. And I think it's a straight match bet between the Pile Driver and Sir Ron Presley. Um, form with Roger Teal's Ocean Wind looks solid as well. She finished second to Stradivarius, Ascot, Scarlet Stakes. Um, if you could get a match bet between Sir Ron Presley and Alzheimer, can that one would interest me as well because you'd be all over the Mark Johnson, Sir Ron Presley. But I, th I think five to two on pile drivers' value as well. Uh, I think this one could easily go for under six to four marks. It's quite well clear on ratings as well. Uh, I think there's definitely one to be here. Yeah, interesting race, interesting take from you at least. Uh, I, I thought Alzheimer did have quite a big chance, and it wasn't just an egg and spoon race at Kempton. If you actually analyse the form in depth, Mark, just about two or three winners. Okay, I know it was just a handicap, but what price would the winners of that handicap be in this race? Double figures? I think three figures. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go, there you go then. I mean, if you want, I'll give you a, I'll give you even money to match bet with pile driver if you want Chris Loader. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't think pile driver finishing the first two. I'm really keen. Really, on... really? Yeah. You 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 get you okay? Okay, you give me even money pile driver to finish in the top two. Uh, maybe we'll, we'll have a chat. Yeah, no, you're, you're folding like a cheap suit here, Chris Loader. I fold like a deck chair, man. So there we go. Come on, come on. Like, you, so wait a minute. So you're saying Pile Driver not to finish in the top two here? He, he might not. He might not. Um, he might need. I, I suspect... we'll do the match bet. Okay, this will be the match bet for the week. We'll do 
pile driver versus Alzer Conway. I, I think I think I'm one on one here. Okay, okay, but I I think Sarah and Priestley will take all of it, and I think he'll just get an easy yeah. lead, and he'll stay there at the end, and uh, it'll be one of those classic cases where the front runner just um yeah just just is too good for him all, and I think Sarah and Priestley is going to be a really exciting horse in the Cup division this year. Obviously, I think missed. you're backtracking here, Chris Loader. No, I said Ron Priestley. If you listen to the preview I did with Shireen Wu, giving that a nice plug, I said that Sir Ron Priestley was my bet of the weekend. But the one I would be most fearful of is Alzarkran, who I do think is going to be on a really exciting horse this year. And there's a lot of form to that race at Kempton, despite some of the winners racing in far lesser company. But he could only beat what was in front of him that day. But what do you me- make of um, Circus? What do you, what do you make of? Uh... Ocean Wind run yesterday, or still that form like where someone Presley against Yeah, I thought it was a really good run from Ocean Wind. He was well supported in the market as well. The money yeah. kept coming for him. He, he was kind of the, the even though there's only two places on offer uh, in the race, he was kind of seen as the each way alternative. And even though Stradivarius did pass him in the end, I, it was a little bit messy at one point. And Ocean Wind, he was plugging on again. So I think over the Ascot Gold trip, Cup trip, which is half a mile further, I think it could be a lot closer. Um, yeah, I, I I I wouldn't discount Ocean Wind from potentially possibly reversing that form, even though you would expect Stradivarius to come on. I think I think it could be another close contest, but uh, yeah, very promising motion Wind. I agree with you, like just enough. I think he's um he's the big eye catcher of that race. And the the uh, did get shortened up and in the final furlong as well. Ocean Wind. Um, very interesting over over the extended triple she won. But anyway, uh, moving on. Um, I'm happy to take um even money about pile driver to beat um Alzer Con in the match bet with Chris Lawler. Well, you heard it there, guys. We've got a match bet on. Anyway, Paul must be feeling left out because we haven't got to him yet. Uh, um, Paul. Yeah, no, I'm just happy enough for this there. Yeah, yeah, just dig, right. just dig some holes. Um, anyway. Who do you like, Paul? Uh, do you think Power Driver will get the job done, or, or are you looking elsewhere? I'm going to say, come on with Alzara Khan. Uh, I think this like could be a proper horse. He, he won his maiden on the turf. He won at Doncaster on his second start. He's quite. Um, he's been quite slow to, to come to hand. And I think his big, obviously, stepping up in class. His Kempton win was just 2.17 seconds slower than standard. And, you know, he, he's. He was ridden to settle, and he was ridden. He was given an educational ride. I think he could be. I think he could be a proper horse. Um, and I think his biggest. I'm not going to say his biggest danger, but he could be his own worst enemy. He needs to settle. He can race a bit keen, and I would be more worried about how he handled undulations here at, at Newmarket on Saturday. Do you know, he could be all at sea when you when he go up and down. If he can, if he's not handling the, the undulations halfway up the, the straight or what have you coming in the last half mile to hit the two pole and start rising if he's not handling the, the undulations but if he can somehow manage to stay in touch I think once he hit the ground he, he you know I think he'll take a, a bit of beating but I think he's a horse that connections think a lot of and um, yeah I think he could develop I think he'll improve with racing with experience this season um, like he won the last time I think he was still a bit a bit green before the race in the prelims Um you know, if you watch his, his his maiden run, he only beat one home. Like he was green, he fell out of the stalls. Um, he was quite green. He won his he won on his next start. He won at Donny, and um, yeah, I think he could be developed into a proper horse. Like he put, you know, he 
question marks what he beat the last day, fair enough, but he put a fair bit of distance between himself and the rest of the pack in, in the last four or so. It wasn't a hands and heels right by by Rab Hadlin on debut, was it? No, it was Mr. Jim Curley. But yeah, like you just alluded to what you were saying before, and I think you should, you two, you should, you should, Paul, you should actually dig two holes for you two if you're Alza Arkan analysis here. If he gets tailed, if he doesn't handle undulation, if, you know, if he doesn't handle the track, that's fair enough. But I think he could be well up to this class going forward in time. I think he's he's well worth a shot at this at this title, and I think he could develop into a proper horse. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I agree with you there. It's by Goldenhorn as well, who I keep going on about is I think is a real sire to follow, especially with these horses that are coming three, turning four. Um I was really impressed towards the end of the last season. I backed quite a few of his to some success. Um and I think this I, I think his pedigree, even though on the dam side it did produce a few two year old winners, I think he could be more like his dad. And even though we didn't see Goldenhorn after three, I think he'll just improve keep on improving. Um, and I think, yeah, he, I, I can see why why you would maybe have your doubts about the inexperience, but he is the one I'm scared of taking on Sir Ron Priestley. But I, I think Sir Ron Priestley should get the job done. But difference of opinion? Tactically as well, like, um, he can be tactically with like with the small fields, it would just question marks. Like, pile driver's going to drop in. You'd imagine Sir Ron Priestley go forward, but he won on his last start, but the pace wasn't the time, the, the pace, the early pace was, was quite steady. You'd imagine Sir Ron Priestley will go forward, as will Thunderous. Pablo Escobar will go forward, and it'll be a case of Al Zarakan and Pile Driver dropping in. Um, you know, they, they both can race a little clean, but it would just depend on if Franny Norton, I'd imagine if he gets to the front with Ryan Moore and just they, they drop anchor, that would that would upset the apple, that would upset the Al Zarakan apple tart a bit as well. It just with a small field as well, you, you, it is going to be tactical. Yeah, definitely. That's why I just think it suits Sir Ron Priestley more. I mean, thunderous in my opinion. I think it's a bit odd why they've entered him here. But Mike Johnson obviously can improve on his pedigree. He's, he's by night thunder. Uh, uh, and it, it doesn't scream to me that he would get a mile and a half. And he's got to really bounce back from a disappointing effort uh, last week at Sandown. But obviously, Mike Johnson knows what he's doing. Um, but yeah. Uh, I think someone pretty will win this, but obviously we've all got different opinions here on the podcast. Anyway, we move on to the big race of the day. Uh, again, uh, a very interesting looking race here. I think this is a really good renewal of the 2000 guineas. It's a 340 at Newmarket. Um, who's going to win the first classic of the season, Paul? Are we with Wembley here or are you liking others at some uh, juicy prices? I'm going to take the favourite on with the well-travelled master of the seas for Charlie Appleby and William Buick. The Appleby horses have been in, in terrific form over the last number of weeks. Master of the seas, he was a beaten favourite, beaten odds on favourite, I think, at the Curra last season and again in Maidan back in February. But he, he won the Craven Stakes at Newmarket over the mile on his last start. He wears the hood, he can race a little keen, but there should be plenty of pace on on Saturday, and I just think if he, if he can settle early on, I'd imagine there will be quite a strong gallop in the early stages, which will help him settle, help William Buick get him into a nice rhythm. And um, yes, I think he'll certainly give it a good go, so I'm a master of the seas. Yeah, they're, they're, he is definitely an interesting runner. I know he's really highly regarded by uh, the Godolphin operation, but he does have one or two quirks, doesn't he? Which, he, he like you say, he would need to settle. Uh, but it looked like the penny really dropped for him in the closing stages of the race in the Craven. Um, and it's interesting that Will Buick, who had the choice to ride one ruler, 
did go for Master of the Seas. But yeah, he's definitely going to be a major player. As for myself, I do like Wembley. I know it's boring. I'm on uh, Antipost at um, 8-1 to one for, for Wembley. I thought um, ever since actually he came second in the Dewhurst last year, to me, he was my Guineas winner there. And then, you know, he was running on really strongly. And if you actually look at his other run as well, where he was a little bit unlucky um, in the National Stakes, he had to come out wide that day. He was getting going late on. It was a similar kind of... Um, uh, story in the Dewhurst, but like I say, he really caught my eye that day, and I just think stepping up to a mile, to, to a mile is really what he's been crying out for. And I think if he'd won the Vert and Futurity Stakes, we would have seen him uh, as a much clearer favourite for the Guineas earlier on. Um, the the one worry could be Stool Eight, um, in the sense that if they did split into two groups, which one would he follow? But I imagine he'd probably go towards the stand side. Um, but for me, I think I think even though Ryan Moore has chosen him, don't know if that's always a positive and a negative in, in these big races. But um, yeah, I think Wembley just ticks so many boxes for me, and he's by Galileo as well, and his ped- pedigree suggests he'll um, uh, improve going further up in trips. So for me, Wembley, I know it's not original, but uh, yeah, he he's the way I uh, I'll be playing. Uh, how about you, Mark? Um, do you like Wembley, or are you keen to take him on? It's, it's not I, I want to take him on. I just think he's a bit short. Obviously, I missed the eight to one. Um, obviously, you got a good spot for Slaughter. It's kind of around seven to two at the moment. And I did think this is pretty wide open. I was quite impressed with uh, Jim Bolger's poetic flares. Um, I think this one is a big eye catcher last time out. Um, I think he, he ran on was it the length of April. He won, he won last time out 20 days ago. Yeah, it's quite quite impressive. Um, it was the attitude and they, they quickly went away. He got asked twice and he, just, he pulled away from them. Um, only defeat actually came and uh, in the Dewar stake, uh, Webley was second. If you actually um, you go back and you actually watch that replay, he was drawn one and he was stuck behind the pacemakers on the rail and he was squeezed up by another runner, Shinda. And that one was quite impressive two weeks ago as well, um, at a vital stage. And, and obviously, Kevin Manning wasn't hard on this one at all. Um, and that was where the only defeat actually came. I just think he's currently around, I think there's about 14 to 1, 16 to 1 available. Um, I just think this one's slightly overpriced. Um, and I can actually see, see more improvement uh, with the step up and trip. I mean, obviously, if you're looking at the form, the only defeat did come at, at Newmarket. But if you go back and uh, watch the run, I think he physically, well, this one's physically much more forward. And um, there's excuses that day, and Kevin Manning um, wasn't hard on this one at all. I just think, yeah, a clear run, I think this one could get a place. Yeah, definitely. Definitely got to think he's on the on the radar, at least. Um, it was interesting because Jim Bolger had McSweeney as well that won the verse on Futurity, and uh, I think uh, Nick, uh, um, Jim Bolger was on Nick, Nick Luck's podcast earlier on today, and he was saying that there's no, um, there was not really much of a decision either way about sending um, or like holding back McSweeney. Uh, it's just the way it turned out and they quite like to put Flair's chances and obviously like you say when he won last time at Leopardstown I thought he did the job well and he's definitely going to be a player I think. Maybe being drawn low might not be the best thing for him because I think more of the pace will be towards the stand side but yeah definitely an interesting runner and Jim Bolger's got some nice horses this season so he'll definitely be one to, to keep an eye on we then move to sunday where we're going to the three o'clock the betfair dahlia stakes a group two i thought this was quite a tricky uh puzzle to solve actually quite a, a lot of horses have definitely shown some ability but then again they've got some question marks over them 
Um, come to you here on this one, Mark. Um, did we like the favourite Queen Power at the moment, or is there something you really fancy in this race? I thought Queen Power was, was too short, and I actually think this has uh, been priced up wrong. Um, actually, I'm quite keen on William Jarvis's Lady Beaufort. I think that one should probably be around the five to two mark. Um, if you look at the, the Willie Jarvis stable, I mean, two for four, 50% strike rate the last 14 days, very consistent sort. Uh, again, showed a great attitude last time out in the Kingdom of Bahrain Sun Chariot Stakes Group 1 on the 3rd of October. Heavy ground on that occasion, but still ran on well. Um, I think will improve for the better ground to get to farm. This one will get over the weekend. Um, step up and trip shouldn't be an issue. Again, step down in class as well. I think 5-1 to one with three places, massive value here. I, I, obviously, I... Uh, I'm not in the, the trading position at the moment, but I think this one could easily go off for an 11 to 4, uh, 5 to 2. I think 5 to 1 is a massive price right now. And again, I don't think this is that, that competitive. Um, I think the only reason Queen Power is that price is the Sir Michael Stout factor. Um, but I could easily see that one drifting. But yeah, Lady Beaufort for me, um, I'm pretty sweet on this one. I think she's going to run a massive race. Yeah, definitely. Um, she was a big improvement improver, I thought, uh, last year, um, including when she took that uh, that group three at Ascot. So, yeah, she she's definitely one I think to keep on side, and definitely makes a shortlist. Queen Power, uh, yeah, she's. I can see why you want to take her on because she didn't win last season, but she did run her best race, arguably, where she finished second behind Terabellum, um, in this uh, reorganized race last year. Um, so, so yeah, so I, th I think she's there to be shot at, but you wouldn't be surprised if she won. She's one of those kind of favourites, you know, where if she wins, she wins, you know, but you probably would want to take her on. How about you, Paul? Um, did you like Queen Power or was there another filly or mare that you quite liked? I'm going to side with the Amanda Parrot train, Lavender's Blue. She was a winner on a first start this season at Kempton on the Rob Havlin. She won a, a group three under Jim Crowley back in 2019. That was at the Sandown. That was on good to fair ground, so she should love the ground. But just, it's worth noting what, what kind of drew my attention. It's not too often Jim would team up with his sister-in-law. I think they do generally have a, a pretty healthy strike rate together. So for that reason, I think Lavender's Blue will take the beating here for the, the in-laws of Amanda Parrott and, and Jim Crowley. Yeah, hopefully um, Lavender's Blue will give us some money, money, money. Um, that's a really bad joke because the owner is from ABBA so there we go, Benny Anderson yeah, it'd be great to see um, if Lavender's Blue can get the job, definitely be a high profile uh, winning owner there um, but yeah, Lavender's Blue has been a bit funny in the past but she yeah, she, she did come back to form and you like to think that uh, she's got a good chance, we then go on to the, the 1000 guineas um, the feature race on Sunday. This uh, race, uh, it's all reliant around one horse, really, isn't it? Santa Barbara. She's been backed into short of six to four with uh, some firms I've seen. I think this is just the hype, really, of what Aino O'Brien said in a stable tour, and a lot of people have cottoned onto it. Obviously, she was impressive when she did win her maiden at uh, at the Curry. Don't see too many of Aiden's win first time out, and she's got a lovely pedigree half sister. Uh, Iridesa related to Order of Australia so a nice uh, pedigree that Aiden O'Brien's familiar with but uh, I think you want to be taking her on um, are you in the, that camp um, Paul of taking her on or, or, or do you think she could be a good thing I think well, potentially she obviously could be an absolute superstar but um, I am, I'm going to take her on you know she, she was very impressive like she was still only mid-div 
kind of halfway approaching the, the tree pole when, when she won on her first start that was at the Cora, as you said, back in September. Um, you know, a lot, she, she obviously held in, in high regard by connections and, and you obviously have to take note. But, you know, anything can happen. It's her second day at school. She could turn up, but, you know, she travels over to England. She could race keen. But I don't, you know, she was given a very educational ride as well on her debut, but she could be keen. You know, you don't know if she gets to the start. She's thinking about it. We won't know that until till shortly before 3.40 on Sunday afternoon. So I'm going to side with the, the William Haggis train sacred, the Tom Raquando board. She won the, the Nell Gwynn last time out. Despite making trouble in running, she did hit the front, approaching the furlong marker. And she was always, she looked like she might kick on, but she didn't. She was just idling. She was always doing it up, however. And I think that when, I think the, the winning distance of she borders the length, I think she's a bit value, more value than the, the winning distance would suggest. I think there's more to come from the bat, you know, the more battle hardened, sacred, sacred than that of the favourite. Yeah, she's definitely an interesting one. I remember seeing her in quite a few starts last season. She would always come there powerfully, travelling with a handful, but she never just quite got the job done when the button was pressed. But maybe stepping up and trip might just suit her a little bit further. And you have to say that she was a good winner of uh, that Nell Gwen Stakes a couple of weeks Step ago. Stepping up and, and you, sorry, but, but you could also say like she, she could be a filly that once she gets her head in front now, you know, she might just go, she'll have to obviously step up again. But, you know, she might just, you know, might just give her a bit of confidence, you know, to, to be there thereabouts again. Yeah, what, what is interesting, actually, looking at her pedigree, she's probably to exceed and excel who we normally associate with, with sprinters. So that's probably where she gets her speed from. But if you actually look at her, her, her dam, her dam won over a mile and a half. So you like to think maybe the, the mile could be her ideal trip in time and she might just improve slightly for, for going up and trip, you know, the perfect blend of speed and stamina. What we always say you need to win a guinea. So... Yeah, maybe um, people were knocking her a little bit too harshly um, over the sprint trips and maybe going up and trip might just suit her. How about you here, Mark? I know you, uh, you'll you probably be on the laying machine for Santa Barbara or are you going to be boring inside with her? Uh, you know, I'm not one for being boring. You know, I'm like, but um, yeah, I think Santa Barbara, I mean, I've seen 11A right now. I think it's a clown price. Um, <laughs> you're, you're, bet, you're betting this just completely on hype. Um, there's ones in here. Um, obviously, Paul's already alluded to. Sackett's got good solid form for William Haggis. Alcohol free, good winner last time out for Andrew Balding. Pretty gorgeous just for Brian's solid form. Like I'm looking at the 11 eight, right? And I, I just, I don't, I don't get it. Um, I think eight to eleven in the field here is massive value. Um, if you go back and you and you look at the Santa Barbara's only win, um, this was a foreign form is nothing special at all. Uh, the second Kalish was rated what 87. And it ran last time out, it was all out in, a, in an absolute dreadful race. Um, that was turned over three times after that that run behind Santa Barbara short odds. Managed to get the job done. Dreadful race at uh, Cork last time. Um, again, going back to Santa Barbara, if you watch the run, the horse was green. Um, she's green. And she's got a dream run up the rail. She's not really been asked any questions. The pace has collapsed, collapsed in front. That was a dream run up the rail. Head carriage, huge negative for me. Um, and you've got that undulating fact that Paul alluded to as well. Uh, how how she's going to handle that? Um, also, another one. I mean, it looked um, looked much more physically developed than than, than her rivals on debut as well. Um, and these these ones that she's gone up against, are, some, you'd say they're battle hardened and they're probably caught up physically as well. So there's another another strike 
And there's three strikes already. 11-8, not for me. I mean, as you see, if this one doesn't handle the course, never seen her under pressure either. Um, could easily be out of place here. I mean, I think 11-8 is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, imagine when she comes off the bridle. What's she going to do? That head carriage. I didn't like the look of that head carriage, but, Paul Callahan. But even, even you'd imagine when she comes off the bridle, she could, she might, if she takes half a second to go, hold on, what's going on here? Do you know, you'd, and that half a second, the field, you know, there's two or three then have got a run on her. It's a bold shout from the trainer, and you certainly, if you, you'd be brave, all right, taking them on, but there's, at that price, there's just too many questions. Yeah, um, just alluding to um, Paul Callahan on the head carriage. Um, definitely not for me. Um, again, alluding back to that first run, didn't look keen, in my opinion. Um, again, it just goes back to the price. I mean, eleven to eight, eight to eleven in the field. I, I think I think she's she's a ridiculous price here. Um, again, that win on debut got a dreamer up the rail under absolutely no pressure. The form hasn't worked out well. Second looks very very average. Um, this thing, she could easily get bumped around here. I mean, they're not going to give the, the favourite an easy run here. How is she going to react when she comes under pressure? Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I, mean, I think, I, I just, I'm looking at Chris Loder and 11-8, uh, it's not for me at those prices. I mean, you, you, you've got to be laying this one, the win. Well, I mean, we could, we, we could like, if, 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 like, on form, she's not an 11-8 shot, right? You're betting her on hype. So listen, we could get completely wrong. She could hack her by five lengths, but if this absolutely hacks, I mean, I'm happy to say, okay, I had a, I had eight to live in the field here. I, I'm happily, happily, happily take that. I got the value, in my opinion. Well, do you want to know something really interesting, right? Santa Barbara is six to four, one run, one win. Aina Bryan also has another horse entered in the race called Queen Speech. I thought she was more impressive on debut than, than that one. I thought she was more impressive. Why is she twenty five to one? Yeah, one one run, one win. RPR for Santa Barbara, 91. RPR for Queen's Beach, 92. Very impressive on debut, um, the Queen's Speech. Uh, quickened away really smartly. I think that form forms better than, uh, than the favourites. Probably why she's favourite more is people have looked at her pedigree, uh, like the fact that she's related to like Iridessa, for example, Like whereas the Queen's Speech is only by American Pharaoh, it's more of a US-based pedigree dirt winners, you know, kind of maybe a different profile to, to what you need to win at Guineas. But obviously you think, why why, why should there be so much difference when we've only seen uh, the run once, you know? So, yeah, I, I completely buy into your point about Santa Barbara. I mean, she could be anything, you know, but for me, one run coming into a Guineas, you're having a laugh. When the, yeah, exactly. exactly. When, yeah, that, that's my my idea as well. Like that head carriage as well. Um, physically, it was much more forward than the rival. She looked quite big to me. Um, a couple of them will catch up with her. Like, I mean, I, I just I don't see it. I mean, she could bolt up by five lengths on on her reputation by the way she's been backed. But I I I've got a feeling that we could see a Billiston Brook kind of year where a couple of years ago you know and Billiston Brook by the way before she won that Guineas was no mug because I remember I was at Glorious Goodwood when she must have been a thousand to one on the Betfair Exchange she was pretty much at the back of the field in the last furlong and somehow I still don't know how to this day she managed to weave through about twenty runners and win on the on the jam stick like is it Goodwood you're referring to our new market one Good Goodwood when she won as yeah. a two year old. Yeah. She won as yeah. a two-year-old, but she, what I'm getting at is she showed a lot of ability that day to win a, a good race. 
from being in a really unpromising position. So I think that there is a lot of value to be had elsewhere in this race. I mean, to be honest, a lot of the horses at the top of the market, they don't really float my boat. I, lo- I love alcohol free as a filly, but I'm not sure she wants a mile. I think she might just lack maybe seven furlongs. She she can, she, she obviously she can get it. But for me, I, I would swerve her. Sacred, um, obviously, like I was saying there to Paul, like, it's interesting that she was running over those sprint trips, but then stepped up in trips. It seemed to help her last time. She would be one that I would be potentially worried about, but I'm taking an absolute flyer on one here. It's 100 to 1 at the moment, and there's actually now a jockey booked on it, and I'm so pleased. PJ McDonald has been booked to ride Seattle Rock for Sylvester Kirk. Now, this could be my Billiston Brook horse. Now, this horse is really interesting, I think. Stepping up and trip to a mile, I think it will really suit this horse. By fast net rock, who got 10 furlongs in his career and um, is out of a monju mare. So he absolutely laden out uh, for for a mile, really, in the pedigree. You'd think this would be no problem at all. But what's really interesting is the fact that she's a maiden still, but she's run in some really decent races during her career. She was 80 to 1 when she finished third behind Battleground, who was no mug at all and was meant to be the most exciting juvenile for Aidan O'Brien last season. She ran a really good race that day. She then ran in a couple of races uh, in a group three at Newmarket. She placed there. She uh, placed um, and another good for it, good, but okay, she was fairly beaten that day, you know. But if you go back and watch the Nail Gwen stake, she was running on really strongly at the end, and I just think the the mile could suit. Now, I'm I'm recommending her as an each-way selection here, and if you can get four or five places, I think at 100 to 1, she's not the worst 100 to 1 shot you're ever going to see. Um, and like I said, she's got some form from last season as a juvenile to suggest that she can put in a good, a good run. And like I said, with the, be- with the pedigree, uh, the step up to a mile should, should eke out a little bit more improvement where I think a few of these might struggle. So, yeah, for me, really left field selection, but I like Seattle Rock to, to run a big race. And there was silence because that is the most left field selection anyone's ever put up. But uh, each of their own, eh? <coughs> Everybody's getting on. I'm oh. seeing 66s now. It's starting. The gamble started. Yeah. No? Oh, I was a 7 of 10. I can't say. I think sacred. Yeah, I think sacred. sacred. No, no. No. Uh, it's not happening. I, 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 I'm not, I'm not converting anyone. But you tipped up an eighty to one winner pool with boring bills, so these things can happen. Yeah, yeah. Mark, Mark, Mark's uh, influence in the Betfair markets now, making sure that Betfair are keeping Seattle Rock on side. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just laying a bit there. I'm just pushing out on the exchange right now. As what, we speak. Well, what, what are we getting? Two fifty. Uh, I, mean, I think this is the first to one shot crystal there. You really do. Yeah, I think suppose in a one shot. Fair enough. But listen, uh, we're all we're all entitled to our opinion. Um, I just think the I'm I'm glad that we're we're, we're both against the the favourite. Yeah, well, just, I just thought we'd have so both ends of the market covered, you know, just just so we can be that person that will then never talks about it, but somehow when these big shocks occur, it seems like everybody was on. 
but but at least we've got it out there in the public you know we don't hide no secrets here on in the saddle podcast you've always got to go back to the price as well and like you put up a good argument for that for that selection um you could probably get the additional place market on bet for you probably get five six places you well, might even be able to get 25 35 to 30 feet to one for you to one a place well exactly that was my kind of angle in you know like i don't i'm not saying she's going to win the race but what i'm saying is that if quite a few of these underperform which i think they will she's been a filly that's cropped up in some pattern company races most notably that fur behind battleground was a good effort and she wasn't disgraced at all. Now, I know it was only like their second or third runs of their careers. But what I'm saying is that I think there's a lot to like about her chances of running, outrunning her odds. And if I was pricing her up, I would probably have had her about 33s. But that that but I, I think 100 to 1 is a little bit of an insult. Obviously, we don't know the draw at this point as well, I should mention, for the race. And we don't know the final deck. So, obviously, that could still have a, a big player. But yeah. What price is Santa Barbara? What would you, what would you price her up? Santa Barbara, well, if if Ryan Moore gives a nod, which we suspect he will, good, good, you layer, she's going to go even shorter. Yeah, I would probably, I would probably have put. Well, if you were pricing her up, I probably would have put her in about sixteen to one. But maybe then, when you got Ryan Moore on board, obviously you fit. You think norm normally you would think that he's had the choice. Well, we know he gets the choice, but you would think that he's probably. With that, you probably would have made her about six or seven to one, but you wouldn't probably touch her. But but that she should be more that price, in my opinion, on on just the bare form than than the price she is now. I can't right to stick my neck out now and again, but sixteen to one, Chris Lord. I mean, I, I don't want to get sacked, you know, lose my job for this one. I put my neck out a little bit. I maybe go about nine to two, five to one. We'll, we'll get we'll get them a little bit of value. But yeah, listen. 11 8 short enough and i'm not trying to put people off of a, of a winner here to say this one's far too short yeah no worries she'll probably be the new love for this season and uh probably and we'll still be saying it when she's retired and produced many group one one winners in her in, in her progeny so yeah what do we know hey but yes yeah, so we're all keen to take on uh santa barbara for the 1000 guineas but if uh if uh, she doesn't win, we've covered both ends of the market, so at least we're giving the punters some great knowledge. Anyway, uh, that's it for the main races. Quickly just round up with the best bets on the card. Uh, I'll come to you here, uh, Paul. Who is your best bet um, for the weekend at Newmarket? At New- I'm going to go to Alzarakan. Alzarakan. The horse that I flagged up as a, as a horse to follow for the season, so I'm not going to... Jump ship now. No, loyal to the core. How about you? No, that's what I heard earlier. No. It's a nice, a nice, a nice easy lay there for Paul Callahan. Thanks for that, mate. Get get you all your followers on it, get into five to two, so I can get, get a wee bit more on. How about you, Mark? Um, I'm stuck between uh, Poetic Flair and uh, Lady Beaufort. Um, General, we'll go for look we'll go for Lady Beaufort, currently now five to one. I think this one will go shorter in the bet for Delilah Stakes Group Two for Phillies and Mares. I think Queens or will probably drift. Uh, there'll be a bit of money money from us stations. So I just think this one's going to run a, a massive race. Lady Beaufort. Um, I'm I could go for Seattle Rock. You know, I could. I'm I'm convinced you'll run a good race, but. I'll probably play it safe and I'll go to Ron Priestley. I think he goes from pillar to post, but I am scared of Paul's selection the most, who I do think if he did settle and the penny does drop for him, 
could be an absolute machine. But uh, there's some nap trolling from the both of you. You like collaborate some scheme to try and troll me in the naps. I don't think we'll, uh, Paul's got the, the nap champion table anyway. He's right. my, yeah, I might as well call it off. I don't know. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I need to start pricing that up. But anyway, that's it for for this week's podcast. Um, great as ever, debating many controversial opinions, and hopefully we can uh, have a hundred to one winner, you know, and get many more followers for the podcast because that's what we're all about. Thousand to one on the Betfair Exchange. Forty. That, that's my that's my uh, BSP forecast right here. Thousand to one lucky holders. Yeah, there we go. There we go. And we might get might even get some sponsorship. Who knows? Anyway, it's. Great, uh, Paul and Mark, for joining us uh, this week talking about the guineas. Uh, if you haven't done so already, remember to uh, follow us on SoundCloud, um, Spotify, and Apple. Really appreciate all the feedback you give us. If you want to follow us on social media as well, our handle on Twitter is at In the Saddle Pod. So please gamble responsibly. Hopefully, we can give you some winners this week, and we'll be seeing you soon.